Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. your neighbor my neighbor we have come to the most important part of the first night of our proton convention hallelujah oh if you have a neighbor turn to your neighbor and say my neighbor your life is about to be changed forever I am reading a scripture from Hosea verse 13 and it says and by a prophet the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt and by a prophet was he preserved hallelujah tonight your life is about to be preserved hallelujah tonight you are about to be brought out of every situation that you are not supposed to be in simply because the lord has blessed us with a prophet the lord has blessed us with an anointed pastor the lord has blessed us with a bishop the lord has blessed us with one of his choicest servants who brings us nothing but the word of god i want you to open up your heart i want you to open up your spirit you are about to receive deliverance you are about to be preserved you are about to be set free you are about to be taken to the next level put your hands together as we welcome to the pulpit our pastor our evangelist our prophetess E.S. Joy Philippe Tell the neighbor is our church, and, and we are going to worship God. We're going to praise Him. We're going to praise Him. And why did you come? Why did you come? We came to praise Him to be in His presence. Ready, go.
lift up your hands tonight and just begin to speak to the Lord the great Lord that we have you just want to lift up his name tonight thank him for this opportunity because it may not have happened and just thank him that we can come into his presence tonight give him praise give him praise give him praise I know you've been worshiping I know you've been praising but tonight I'm asking you to just say something as we come to the first night of this convention I know that great things are gonna happen with us great things are gonna happen to us great things are gonna come through us and so tonight we're just thanking God Lord we worship you tonight we're so grateful thank you for grouping us bringing us from everywhere and thank you that we can come together and just be in your presence tonight Lord let there be a performance have your way Holy Spirit in our lives in Jesus name and all the saints shall say amen God bless you take your seat thank you take your seat amen and amen Tell your neighbor, I'm happy to be sitting by you this first night. This first night of our Proton Convention. Proton simply means first. Ask your neighbor, neighbor, are you awake? And tell your neighbor, if you're not awake, please don't sit by me or I won't sit by you. Hey. Hallelujah. You're welcome to the first night of our Attempt Great Things. Attempt Great Things Convention attempt great things hallelujah many times in life the truth is that we're always doing the same thing are you there yet i play on monday yet i play on tuesday yet i play on wednesday yet i play on thursday yet i play on friday oh you ate fufu on monday you ate fufu on tuesday you ate it on Wednesday. You ate it on Thursday. Oh, what changed in the soup? The soup is not like that, oh. The first day it was light soup. The next day they poured groundnut into the light soup. The following day they added palm nut into the groundnut as the light soup. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. So neighbor, stop, stop doing like you don't know what I'm talking about. But what am I trying to say? Our lives are made up of mundane everydays. When I say mundane, nothing exciting is happening. Yeah. Occasionally you're happy, a little excited, then you go to school, and one day in school is like another day in school, is like a third day in school. Amen. Am I speaking to some people tonight? Yeah. And that's why we need to attempt great things. Otherwise, we will live and will die like a dot. Mm. Hey, what do I mean like a dot? The Bible says that, Charlie, we're like grass. Here today, gone tomorrow, and the place where you are has forgotten that you were there. Unless you attend a convention called Attempt Great Things, and you decide to attempt great things. Hallelujah. Are you in the house tonight? Tonight is the first night. I'm not going to keep you for too long because some of you. <laughs> some of you will use it as an excuse to be late tomorrow or not to come tomorrow. So I'm very careful. 
Uh, I know the people that I'm dealing with today. I know the people. Hey, hallelujah. But all said and done, I believe that the Lord himself has put this thing together for us. Why am I saying that? Because if you look at the climate and things, it's not a convention you do. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying? If you look at the what? When I say the climate, the general, you wouldn't do a convention at this time. Would have been waiting to see what the court or the government or UTAG or NLC or uh, PPQ or Ministry of Education or who again, your boss or your child or your something is saying, but by the grace of God, we are also attempting great things and we are not waiting to see what anybody will say or do. Amen. That the Lord has ordained it that we should be here, we shall be here. So I don't know the heart that you came with. I have come with the heart that if we are free, we shall preach. And we shall enjoy. Oh, yes. And we will open ourselves for the Lord to say and do what he wants to do. Amen. Oh, are you with me? Let us start this whole, you know, my prayer after these three days is that something will change. Something will change. Many of us, our lives are very boring. Mercy. No, no, no. Let's just be serious. Let's just look at it. What's the excitement in your life? You wake up on Monday, you go to work. You come home, you go to sleep. Wake up on Tuesday, go to work. If you are lucky, you will not be digging a, a, a pit in the sun. If you are lucky. If you are lucky, the office will be air-conditioned. Hmm. Wake up on Monday, you go to school. You go to bed. Tuesday, you go to school. You go to bed. Wednesday, you go to school. <laughs> Even your beloved cry after a while, all the stars are gone. It's just, just, just. You'll be there, you give us 21 reasons why, 42 reasons why. But after a while, it's just, you know, two nice people, and, and I mean. And today is like tomorrow and because the truth is that the Lord didn't create us also the Lord didn't create us to live with stars all our lives. No. This is life. Until you decide to do something great. Until you decide to do something great. And if you're going to do something great, let me just give you one or two things that are not in my notes. First of all, just know that you can't do it for yourself. There's nothing you would do for yourself that would be termed great. It is always about others. Yes. There are only two parameters in your doing something great. God and others. You can't do something. What are you going to do that's great for yourself? That everybody will look at and will say is great. Even the people who say they're going to the moon, are we thinking about them today? And the truth is, many didn't go for themselves. The ones we remember are the people who have created something. Those who are going for fun, we don't remember them. They went for themselves to make a name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to the scriptures. Let's just dive in. Let's just dive into the scriptures. Now, as I start preaching, I want you to know that I'm preaching from the context of your life, not another life. And that is why I'm reading this subject. Because many of us are at the place in our lives where, Charlie, I'm just looking for what I'll eat today. And what I'll wear tomorrow. I mean, it's a very basic level. Uh -huh. 
So when against that background, we start talking about attempting great things, it's like, what is that? So you just go with me to Jeremiah chapter 33. And I'm reading a very simple scripture, one to three. By the way, everything we're going to talk about is from attempt great things for God. This book. Yeah. I've always told you that I don't have anything new to say. Jeremiah 33, I'm reading from verse 1. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it, the Lord is his home. So what is God saying? Verse 3. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knewest not. Hallelujah. It's a beautiful scripture. And in this year that our theme is planting seeds and harvesting, we want to plant great seeds and harvest great things. Amen? That's the reason why I'm preaching on this topic. Some of you who have been coming to church every day, your seed is one city, one city. It's a small seed. And some of you who earn a lot and your seed is the same. You know, and that is just one type of seed. But I'm saying that we're going to attempt great things for the Lord. Hallelujah. Please tell your neighbor, tonight is not the night for you to be on your phone on Facebook. Okay. Or on Instagram. Or we're still reading a message from the girl who has planned to bounce you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Now, the reason why many times we don't do anything great is that many of us, we don't like change. And we also like to feel safe. So when a change is coming, we don't feel safe about that change. That's why when they introduced this money we have, where? 2007. That's why you are still talking about 5,000, 10,000. It is because you don't like new things. When the thing came, you should have changed. Now you are stuck. You don't even know how to calculate. Some of you, you were not even born at the time when the money was changed. And yet, you come and see. I remember one time, soon after the money was changed, about you know, that year, I went to buy something. And the girl looked at me. And then she said, one million. And then I stood there, looked at her. I said, have you seen one million Ghana cities before? Then she started to laugh. Then she said, 100 Ghana. Hey, (laughs) amen but you see I believe that most of us here tonight we are believers and if you are not a believer I pray that before the night is out you are going to be a believer because this scripture and all we're going to say about doing great things is from the context of somebody who belongs to God I don't know how someone who has not given their life to Christ I don't know how they do great things I only know this one that comes through the Lord amen So take us back to verse 1, and let's just begin there. Tell anybody, let's begin there. And we'll continue from there. If we don't finish, we'll continue tomorrow. If we don't finish, we'll continue the next day. I mean, it's not a hurry. It's not a hurry. Amen. But let's take a look at something. Now, the Bible says that the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time. The first thing that I need you to understand is that there are times in your life when God will say the same thing to you more than once. He had spoken before, and now he was coming to speak again, to just let something sink down 
Amen. So when you come to church and you hear a sermon you have heard before, don't just do two known things. Perchance God wants you to hear something again. Are you in the church? I said, are you in the church? You know, one time, there's a message on an akazo that we preach. I mean, I've known it ever since I joined Lighthouse. We were Lighthouse then. But one year, I picked that book and I read it again. And I read it again. And I read it again. And each time I read it, I saw another message. And I began to preach verse by verse. We had about 12 conferences that year. And every time, it was the same scripture. It was the same scripture. And another dimension of the same scripture. So if the Lord is speaking to you, please tell your neighbor, two no, no, it won't help you. The two known it will help you. Here he was speaking to the prophet Jeremiah a second time. Now, so that's the first thing I want you to notice. Now, the second thing I need you to notice is that Jeremiah was in prison at the time when he was speaking. He was in prison. I mean, our situation for some of us, the situation is not good, but at least you are here tonight. You are not in jail you are here. But this man had, and he was not in prison because he had done anything bad. He was in prison because he was the Lord's prophet. And there are some of us, when things happen to us that are not so good, then we start to say that God has left us. I need you to understand that he never promised you a life of ease. He only promised us that wherever we are in the midnight, he is in it with us. That's all he says. So when you have had a trail for an exam, I mean, we're going to learn, we're going to pray, we'll do all the things we go to do, and when unintended, unintended, when unintended, you have a trail, I say, what is your drama about? I ask her, what is all this drama about? I'm self God, because I was working in the church, that's why I failed to have you and one day somebody told me this and I told the person, tell me what you were doing in church. It was nothing. This chair that you are warming, you say that you are doing what? Are you here? So I need you to see that the man was in prison. There are times in our lives when things will happen that we don't like. It's a fact. Why do they happen? Because there is something called life. That's all. There's what? We don't wish for it, we don't look for it, but it is real. Now, this guy got to this place by preaching. You have not yet preached and they have arrested you. <laughs> Amen. Now, let me say one thing. Sometimes, you know, you feel, we feel that God is not speaking. I want you to understand that he talks all the time. If you have not heard him, it's because the last time he spoke, you didn't do it. The last time he told you what to do. So if you are at the point in your life now where you feel that I can't hear God, please return to the last time you were sure that you heard him and take it from there. Take it from there. He told you he didn't like the relationship. You went ahead. 
So now that you are asking him what to do in the situation, he has nothing to say because he told you, I don't like the relationship. And God, he's not man who is man that when you force us, will say something. But God, dear, you can't force him. Hey. Are you there? Today you are trying not to mind me, but <laughs> because he talks all the time. And what do you mean? But you see, you want me to deviate into how he talks. That's why it's for you to discover. Because we are all different. Some of us, he just speaks and we hear it by ear. Some sleep and they dream a dream. Some are like a friend of mine. I still remember her in school. She was so stubborn that God used to beat her. Hey, Oggy. She used to sing like an angel. But she couldn't sing before she became a believer. She, and when she did her disobedience things, her voice would just go. It would just go. And one time she came home. She went home. When she came back to school, she said, Hey, what I've seen today. Not knowing that God had told her to do something, she didn't do it. And she had gone home. Nobody was at home. She was sitting behind the piano. She was rehearsing and singing. And the Spirit of God just pushed her shh, to the floor. And she, she went on the floor and something sat on her. She started to confess her sins. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, it's not a good thing to be stubborn before the living God. He knows what to do with you. He knows what to do with you. And sometimes he puts you in that prison because it's the only place where you will listen. Are you there? It's the only place where you will listen. He has been talking now. You have come to church. You've heard the same message. You open your Bible with the same message. Something, but you are not, you are not listening. Oh. Tell him about for God there. He can you. He can you. Anyway, this man was in prison. Verse 2. Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof. He is identifying himself so that you will not go and appropriate to the devil what is his. We are so quick to say it's a demon. The curtain in your room moves, now you say it's a demon. Some of you, you have bound and rolled away every angel that God sent to you. You are sitting in the room. Now you realize that, oh, the kids are done. Hey, the name of Jesus, I bind, I bind, I roll away. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof. The Lord that formed it. You see, he's having to say these things because sometimes we don't believe him enough. enough, And he needs to tell you that he formed you. He created you. I'm talking to some people every day. You are saying bad things about yourself. Mm. As every day I was. I need you to understand that he formed you. He formed you. You see me the way that I am. You are, what are you telling God? What are you telling him? Are you not insulting him? Then he goes on to say, he formed it. Why? To establish it. 
the reason why he has formed it is to establish it. Sometimes he creates a family to establish it. He puts you somewhere to establish you. Am I speaking to Christians in the church today? Mm. All right. Then he goes on to say, the Lord is his name. I feel that chapter, verse 2 was written because of verse 1. That when the man looked at where he was, if you're in a prison, you can easily feel that God doesn't love you. You can easily feel that he has forgotten you. When you are broke, you can easily feel that God doesn't know that that's where you are. When you haven't eaten a couple of meals, you can easily feel that he doesn't know. So here he is telling you that, I know, I know. After all, was it not Jesus who said, birds, foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. So as for this thing that you are going through, it, it, I am not saying lie down and die. I'm simply saying that it is not a sign of God's happiness with you or his sadness with you. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Hallelujah. Because this guy, he got here, he's a man of God, he was in jail. And the Lord establishes it for him and tells him that, look, I am the person who is in charge here. My question to you is, who is in charge of your life? Many of you, you make your own decisions and do your own thing. And that's why you cannot now ask him a question. Yeah, that's why you can't say anything because you brought yourself and you have organized your thing. You've organized yourself. Hmm. You are thinking for God. Not even obeying the word, just there, doing your own thing. You see. Wow. So after telling us who he is, then let's go to verse 3. Then he now tells him what to do. And he says, Call unto me. Tonight, I'm asking you who you have been calling. Who have you been calling? have you been calling? Some of you, if we take your phone right now, there will be a crisis here. You called sweetmama.com in the morning. Bigbobo.org in the night. Who are you calling? Many of us, we pray to God and when we are done, not on his instruction, then we go to say, uncle, this and if he sends you to that uncle it's okay but for most of we say we are prayed to God but when we are done we are like the woman who was entering the trotter in those days it was a bone shaker those wooden ones she was carrying her gagban on her head I'm sorry if you are, I don't know what the people call it that metal basin I don't know <laughs> whatever the guns we call it a gagban she had her gagban on her head so as she was about to climb into the trotter, the maid took the gagba and put it down. When the woman sat in the trotter, then she lifted the gagba and put it on her head and continued the journey. Many of us, that's how we are. We come to the Lord that we are coming in prayer and he comes and he puts the thing down. You put it at his feet, but as soon as you finish the prayer, you pick your problem up and you pick your situation up and you put it down on your head again and you say that God has not answered you and you go looking for somebody else. But Jesus was the one who said, call unto me. I don't know who you are calling. Many believers don't even pray. They don't even pray. 
Floor player, you are sleeping. Please don't let. Don't start. Don't start. Don't start. But he says something. Call me. I will answer you. Oh. You call me. If you call, I will answer. That's why I'm telling you that he answers you more than you know. Only that you are like Naaman the Syrian. You want to tell him how he should answer you. When he went, he said, I need healing. And the prophet told him, go and soak yourself seven times in the water. He was angry. Thought the man would come out and wave his hand over and call on his God. You are prescribed it for yourself. If you are God, go and do it yourself. But he says, call unto me and I will answer. And he can answer you in any way. But my focus for tonight is on the last part of this verse. And show thee great and mighty things which thou knewest not. Tonight for a few minutes, I'm speaking to you about attempting great things by attempting something new. By attempting something new. Because he says, I will show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I will show you things you don't know. Something new. Now the problem is that here you are, Ghanaian like me, we don't like new things. We don't like new things. We like what we have always done. To do it the same way. We used to have prayer meetings on Friday night. Friday night, 6 to 9, it was a 7 to 9 or something like that. What? When I removed it, come and see people. Hey, they have broken the church. <laughs> hey, they have broken the church. The church, but they don't pray again. But if you adopted what was new, your prayer time in a week is far more than those two sleepy hours that you come on Friday night. The end of the week, when you are most tired, you are finished. You have nothing more left in you. That's what you are coming to give to God. No wonder when you are praying, Hey! Please, so I'm not saying that if you are doing Friday night church, you are doing something. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we reached a point. Hmm. You come, you, 30 minutes simple. Quarter to eight, you arrive, quarter, th- uh, what, 15 minutes to the end of the prayer, then you say again for a prayer meeting. Next. But the point I'm trying to make is that if you want to attempt something great in life, you're going to have to accept that sometimes you have to do something new. Something different. You need to accept it. And some of you, when God gives you something new or places you in a place that is new, then you begin to fight to go back to what you knew before. For some of you, until you came across this church, wherever you met it, your Christian life was in a certain way. And then he brought you out of that 
into this one and you are still struggling to go back. <laughs> Please, so I have not spoken to anybody here. I'm just talking to you out of my spirit. Yeah. But you did not know when you were walking in the old place, you didn't know that you had to give your life to Christ. You didn't know how to grow. You didn't know how to, what it meant to be baptized. You didn't know how to speak in tongues. You didn't know how to serve God or to follow God. Now you're trying to return. You're trying to return. Yeah, it's not my place to describe any church. I'm just describing a situation and showing you why sometimes he will take you out of what you know and place you in something that you did not no. It is not all the time that it is even something dramatic. Many times it's a small thing. It's a small thing. So he moves you out of your home area and he brings you into an area where maybe the place you would have gone is not there. And then you have no option. My friend comes and says, let's go to church. And you just go. Maybe the friend just says, me, I'm learning to play an instrument. Let's go and learn. But you didn't know that it was the door to something. Maybe the friend says, oh, they, they, they show people how to take photographs in their church. Let's go and do photography. I didn't know it was a door to something. Yeah, you didn't know it was a door. Because it looked so little. Tonight, let's look at somebody. Second Kings chapter 4. I'll finish half my preaching. Let's do the other half. Ah, now what are you expecting? What I've said is enough. It's already, uh, yeah. What's the new thing God is doing in your life? Because if you are a child of God, he's always doing something. It's whether you can see him, whether you can hear him, that is the, that's the question. Second Kings chapter 4, I'm reading from verse 8. This story is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. It fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as often as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. You know, if the Bible says the woman was a great woman, she was a great woman. I'm sure it meant she was busy. sure it meant that she was wealthy. sure it meant many things. But one day, she saw somebody passing. And she did something she had not done before. She asked the man to turn and come and eat something in her house. That's why I told you, it's not always a big thing. The man was a traveler. As the person is traveling, you can see he's dusty, he's weary, he's a little tired. Stop and eat something. Are you there? Now the Bible says that. So after she did it this once, as often as he passed by, he now turned in there to eat bread. What is there in eating bread? Bread is just that, bread. But sometimes, it is the person to whom you give the bread that's important. That's the person. Are you in the church? Many years ago, my husband was staying by somebody who didn't have anything much. In fact, the whole of Ghana didn't have much. And they were studying the same subject, and so... He used to share whatever he got from home with the young man. Ah, after all, you're my classmate. I know that. So, let's just share it. It's a ball of kinky. Let's divide it in two. Eat half, I eat half. The guy we are sharing, the shizzle we are sharing. That's all. 
Years later. Tell your neighbor, years later. Years later. Years later. Years later. We were still young people. We had an old car that he had driven all the way from Tamale to Accra. And on the way back, the car decided that, look, where I've reached, I don't plan to continue. (laughs) So it broke down right there. So he left the car and he made his way to Kumasi. Now, this person who he had shared his bread with had continued to stay in Kumasi after they finished school. And so he went to see the friend and said, Charlie, do you have a fitter who can help me? It's a long story. The long and short of the story was that the engine was basically kaput. I mean, it's one of those things when they give you the bill, you know. <laughs> but this time, things had changed. And the guy told the mason, the, the mechanic, whatever you have to do, do it and come for the money. <laughs> whatever you have to do, do it and come for the money. So what I'm saying is that sometimes what you have to do, it's not a big thing. Is it a big thing to share a bowl of kinky with somebody? So, uh, you are saying no, but why don't you do it? Uh, why don't you do it? This woman, she only gave the man a piece of bread. Now every day when the man was passing, he turned there to eat bread. One new thing that she did, let him just turn here. Once, it has become a frequent something. Some of you, by this time, you'll be complaining. Ah! Just this one, I just asked the man, say he should come and just come and eat the... Ah. So now every day, every day I have to be finding food for the man. You see, if you are wise, when the Lord is doing something new, you just do it. You just do it. Are you in the house? Nowadays, believers, your faith is too weak. It has to grow a little. Yeah. Hey. Are you in the church? Because the things that you have to do to move the hand of God are things based on faith. But as soon as it comes up in your mouth, just offering you are going to take to you. I've come to open scripture. Lady Reverend, what is that? (laughs) It is to show you, oh faithless one, that is needed. That is in the Bible. Are you there? Are we reading scripture? Okay, we're still reading. Amen. Hallelujah. Anyway, verse 9. She said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. The woman was a Shunammite. She was not a Jew. She did not know for a fact who the man was. She just perceived. What does it mean to perceive? A thing can be a certain feeling. Some of us don't know that one of the ways, one of the major ways 
by which God leads us is by that atinka. That feeling. I just have a feeling this is what I should do. I just have a knowing. Oh, this is what I should not do. I cannot really explain it. She had not heard him preaching. He had not given her any prophecies. He had not brought her any miracle. But as the man was going, come as she saw the way he went and came. Something about the man made her perceive. From tonight, may your perception be sharp. Your ability to distinguish between what God is doing and what God is not doing. And what God is saying and what God is not saying. It makes all the difference. Are you in the house? I said, are you in the house? The perception. She just perceived it. So when she perceived it, she now decided to do another new thing. Hello? She decided to do what? Another new thing. (laughs) Verse 10. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee. From bread to chamber. On the wall. Let us set for him there a bed. A table. A stool. And a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh to us. That he shall turn in thither. Wisdom had caught this woman. There are so many times in our lives. When God wants to bless you. Many times he gives you a person. The ability to see who that person is makes the difference, all the difference in your life. But you see, generation of sharp teeth children, when God gives you somebody like that, then you start talking. Me dear, I don't follow people. I follow God direct. Direct. My, 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 my cable to, to have I'm here. I'm an original. I don't follow people. You don't follow people. How did you learn how to walk? How did you learn how to walk? Was it not people you followed? How did you learn how to talk? Was it not people talking? The truth of the matter is that if you have nobody to copy, I remember my first son used to call my husband and I, Patrick and Joy. Because there was nobody in his life who called it as mommy and daddy. He didn't know. How did you learn to do that? Yeah, but the second child didn't have that problem. Because when the second child came, there was a first child saying mommy and saying daddy. I'm talking to somebody. Yeah. And I'm sharing with you that many times in your life, God gives you a person. And when you move on in life, when I say when you move on, you're growing, he may give you another person or he may maintain the same person. This woman had perceived something. The woman had realized that this person, I just did a kindness. Sana, that's not it all. That's not it. There's something deeper to it than that. So in wisdom, she decided to make it make a way for the person to even be more comfortable there. Amen. Now, the converse of this is true. 
when you discover that this person is not for you, sometimes you need to boot them out. Some of you have friends you should have booted out long ago. Yeah. For as long as the person is there, you will never see. Look, when Lot entered Abraham's life, Abraham didn't hear anything good from God until he told the guy, please, choose where you go. And as soon as he went, God started prophesying again. That's what I'm saying, a man. And Lot too, he was a fool. He didn't see that the one person that he had that he should stay near is his uncle. He also went. Yeah, but look at the woman. She now decided that this person will remain in my life. Who has God given to you? As for that one, he always does it. This is one of the things, one of the things you must just know. You must just know that God has placed someone in your life. You should just know. I didn't used to preach such things at a certain point because human beings say, but after I say, hey, I'll give account. So I better speak. Yeah. Now, what happened when the woman did this? I'm talking to you about the thing that will happen when you do that new thing. Some of you, all your lives, you have never followed anyone to follow God. You never. You wake up in the morning on Sunday, you go to church, six hymns, you stand, you bow, you stand, you bow, you recite, you stand here, amen, and then you leave, and that's it. And that's it. But God in his wisdom always gives us somebody. Check your Bible. It's not my topic for tonight. I don't want to start opening. But you will see that he always puts somebody there. Yeah. Why? When we get to heaven, ask him. When Paul met the Lord on the road to Damascus, who, am, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus that thou persecutest. Now, he lost his sight. I want to ask you whether Jesus couldn't have opened his eyes. When Jesus was on earth, was opening eyes not one of his main... So why didn't Jesus open his eye? He said, what should I do now? He said, go to this town and wait in that house for some days and they'll tell you what to do. And then the Lord now crossed the town to call Ananias, who was not part of the story, who didn't know anything about it? Ananias, go to this place. He was even afraid. You'll meet this man there. Go and touch him and let him receive his sight. Why? Because in the affairs of man, God chooses other man to help. Yeah, it's just his way of doing things. The woman. Oh, if you're clapping for the Lord, tell him. Amen. And you see, we can give you example after example, but that's why I'm saying that that's not my purpose for tonight. But I'm just showing you the point because I'm saying to you that this woman identified her. And notice, the man of God had not ministered to her in any way. He had not said anything to her. In fact, if anything at all, he had only become a bill. First, it was a bill of bread. Now, it's a room. He'll come, he'll use her water. He'll come, he'll eat her food. She had to buy a bed, buy a table. She had to come, dress the room up. Have you seen why you should watch your mouth? Because some of you, by this time, you'll be saying that you see all these masses now, and when they come, they just want to come to your house. They just want to come and eat your food, and then, you see, this is it. Just money that is in their mouth. 
I'm just talking to somebody. Ask your neighbor, is it to you that they are talking to? Hallelujah. I've almost finished my preaching, so you just hang on around. You see, tonight I need you to talk to God because some, you need to perceive something. There are some of you, you are going to be in this town just for six years. Just for eight years. But in those eight years, you are here. And as you are here, there is somebody in your life. Myself, another pastor, or even the shepherd he placed over you. And that person, for as long as you are connected, they are moving. No, it's true. For as long as you are connected. Hallelujah. Now look at what happened in verse 11. It fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. The man had been going and coming, going and coming, going and coming, but on a certain particular day, he used to come and rest there. But on this day, the Bible says he turned and he lay there. This was now the woman's day. I've come to talk to someone tonight and to tell you that tonight is your night. You've been going and coming, doing things, but tonight is your night. Hallelujah. You see that your faith is such that you can't even receive it. It's a, oh, amen. If I was God, I would say, let's go to another church. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Because in verse 12, he now says, he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she came, she stood before him. And he said, say now to her. You see, he also had an ochi, I mean. Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for you? Every day you have been going, you have been coming, you have been cleaning the Lord's house, you have been sweeping the floor, you have been putting things in place, you have been organizing the place. But one day, a day comes and God says, What is it that you want me to do for you? You have been singing the Lord's song. Every day you come and you sing and you stand and you rehearse and you stand and you are singing and you are singing and the Lord is enjoying your melody. Nothing is happening. Nothing is changing. It appears like nothing. But one day, the Lord just rises up and he sends his angel and says, go and find out what is it, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? What can I do for you? I'm talking to somebody tonight. It can never be in vain to serve God. It can never be in vain to be doing what God asks you to do. God takes his time, but it's never in vain. One day he just rises up and says, let's sort it out. Let's sort it out. Well, there are some people, by the time he's sorting, you have moved on. You are not there to enjoy it. God always has a particular place where he will meet you. A particular place. That's why you shouldn't roam about for nothing. Yeah. He will meet you in a particular place. When he spoke to the children of Israel, he told them that place called the mercy seat. He says, put it there. Put the ark there. Put this. I will meet you. 
I'll meet you there. He doesn't meet you everywhere. It's true he's everywhere, but he doesn't meet you everywhere. It's true he's omnipotent, omniscient, everything. But I tell you, there's a place and there's a time when he meets you. Hallelujah. Every time I talk about this, I'm reminded of a very dear in-law. She used to belong to a church, and I used to say that this church, I couldn't have managed it. Every month, five, five days sparrow fast. Monday to Friday. Hey. When they finish on the Friday, <laughs> I'm serious, Monday to Friday. Then the following week, then they will have a revival. And this might, every time, she would do it. And I remember when she was there, I was saying to myself, oh Jesus, thank you that you didn't put me in such a place because I'll be sinning every day. Every day that I've been going to repent. Like, hey, are you in the church? Then one day, she had done the sparrow fast. The next day, the next week, was the revival. And during the revival, they had a guest minister. And on this particular day, she says, oh, today I'm tired. Today I can't go to church. The next day she went, and she came back and told me the story. And she said, when she got to church, everybody was saying, oh, Auntie Grace, where were you? Where were you yesterday? And she said, why? Because the man of God had reached somewhere in his preaching, and he stopped and he said, who is Grace? Where is Grace? Grace, Grace, where is Grace? That day, that day, Grace didn't come to church. That day. I always wondered because within about 10 years of this episode, she died. And I always wondered, the day of her answer came. The day of her visitation. May it not be your story. May you be found at the place where you need to be. Yeah. When it is time. This woman, it was her time. Sit down, we are still reading. And now the man of God said to her, what is to be done for you? Do you want me to speak to the king or to the captain or the host? He said, oh, I live among my own people. I don't need anything like that. Verse 14. Then he asked, I told you he had an Ochiami there. What is to be done for her? We thank God for Gehazi and for all kinds of servants who make it their business to know other people's business that is not their business. Gehazi was the Nipa. And it was Gehazi who told the prophet, She has no child, and her husband is old. Verse 15, he said, Call her. When he called her, have you seen that for the second time she has come to stand at the door? So why are you angry when you have to come twice? Verse 16. And he said, About this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thy hand. Wait, wait. Before you judge her harshly, it is very clear that this woman had longed for a child. And she had kept on longing for a child and trying and trying until she had come to the place where, well, maybe God has decided not to give me a child. 
maybe I won't get married. Maybe I won't get that job. Maybe I won't be able to go outside. Other people will go by stuff for me. So she had come to the place where she had just made peace with herself and decided that minus me. Tonight I'm talking to some young lady. You are saying that everybody is beautiful except me. And you have come to terms with it. And you are just there. He said, oh, it will not happen to me. It will pass me by. But I came to tell you something. That if you would just wait for him. This, you see, she was not even expecting it. She was not even expecting it. So, so even when the prophecy came, she kind of, please, don't lie, don't lie. Please, don't say it. Don't raise my hopes. What if you raise my hopes as it has happened over and over and over so many times? Every time the brothers will come, I remember a sweet young lady. When we got to know her, she was in my husband's church and her brother had come. Said, oh, I'm going to marry this girl. And everything was proceeding. It was going well. And then about two months to the wedding, the brother said, I'll see you later. Alligator. In a while. Crocodile. And then in a short while, he married somebody else. Then, the young lady went about her business. She was a very cheerful lady, by the way. Always laughing. You will not know her pinching issue. Then another guy came. And even went to see her pastor. We said, oh, Jesus be praised. Hallelujah. A nice brother had come. And everything was progressing nicely. Until a few weeks before something, something. I'll see you later. Alligator. In a while. Crocodile. Are you in the church? So the matter went on like that. Until a few years later. This time, the person was even a friend of ours. Said, oh, I've seen this nice lady. I'm going to marry her. He was from a different church, but a serious Christian. So beautiful. And everything was going well. And everything was moving well. Until one day, I got a call from her. And she says, Mommy, he says, I'll see you later. Alligator. In a while. A crocodile. I remember going to a meeting of believers in town. And as I walked in, I was to my seat. And then, on my right, they placed this, my friend. And on my left, they placed another Konkonsanipa, who was part of the whole mess. And the man got up to lead the prayer. And the whole time he was leading the prayer, I said, oh, Jesus, don't let me sin. Lord, help me. Oh, Lord Jesus, I pray for my heart. 
let me not curse this man. Alexander the coppersmith has done me a great evil. And I picked up my phone and I texted him. I said, pray for me because where I'm sitting, I'm about to sit. Oh, Jesus, help me. But one day, I said, one day, a certain prophet walked into the office and said to my husband, when I heard that this man had also left her, I remembered a dream I had forgotten. He said, I saw this young lady walking down the road and behind her were three demons. He said, when I saw her, the next day we went to church, I called her to tell her what I had seen and to pray with her. But just as they began to, to, talk, to talk, there was a call, come, we're having a meeting. And he stopped. And both of them forgot. And my husband said, eh, it's not hard, wait. Picked his phone. Uh, Madam, I arrive. Now, I told you when God wants to bless you, he gives you a man. Some of you, tonight is your night. The thing you have been looking for, the thing you have been waiting for, the thing you have been praying for, you have even given up praying about it, but tonight is your night. What it is, what is it that God will do for you? And so this man of God came. Hey, we beg you people. This man of God came and he prayed. And when he prayed, are you in the house? <laughs> About three months after that prayer, I was in my house, minding my own business. And Nipa number two, who had walked away but had not remarried, had not married, he called me and he said, I want to come back home. And I remember it was during the time uh, Doomsaw. <laughs> I remember in the darkness of my room, I was sitting there. Are you out of your mind? You have just walked away, broken the lady's heart, and you said, I want to come back. said, Mommy, let me tell you my story. And then he began to tell me the story. And after he told me the story, I said, I understand. If you talk to her and she agrees, we're also cool. I said, but my God, I will stretch you. And he said, oh, stretch. As I'm speaking today, she's married to the guy. They have three kids. They are doing okay. Yeah. Why am I telling you this story? Would you not have understood this young lady if somebody had come to say, let me pray for you to get married and she had answered, man of God, don't lie to me. It's okay. Because I was surprised she didn't have any mental problem. Some of you, one broken heart you have had, you are hard. One broken heart, your head is not straight again. <laughs> Oh, you don't understand what I'm trying to say. Hey! Yeah, 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 three times, three times, three times, and you are still staying. Me, dear, I would have understood. Oh, you wouldn't have understood. I really understand this woman. Hallelujah. Verse 17. And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her according to the time of life. Tonight, that same God, 
the one who calls himself the Lord, the one who establishes himself and says he establishes it. He says, I formed it and I establish it. That same God is here tonight. And he is here to speak to you and to touch you and to do for you what it is you have talked to him about and you have even left it. That is not working. But tonight, if you will put on your cup of faith, I, have, I came with my own. You too, take yours. I want us to believe God again. Some of you, he is going to give you another opportunity, another chance, another time to do again what it is you thought had passed. For somebody who's going to open another door, you thought the door was forever shut, but he's going to open another door. And so tonight, as I come to the end of my message, I want you to begin to talk to him. Lord, what is that new thing that you are bringing my way? For this woman, she just gave a piece of bread. It was a new thing. She made a place for the man of God to sleep. It was a new thing. And it opened a door for her. May the new thing that the Lord drops into your mind, into your heart, let that new thing be something Many years ago, just hold on for me. We were students outside in Norway and we're coming home. And as we're coming home, we knew for some reason God was going to send us to Tamale. But all our lives as Christians, we had been helpers in the church, workers in the church, serious helpers who would work, do anything, my husband, oh, carpentry, whatever, anything, cooking, anything. So we thought that we were coming to help some pastor in Tamale. But God had a new thing. I said, God had a new thing. God had a new thing for us. And so, even before we joined the Lighthouse Church in 1994, one morning I woke up and I asked my husband that, has it ever occurred to you that as we are going, we have to go and start a church. He said, the thought has passed my head that I threw it away because what do we know about starting a church? We had returned after eight years outside and we needed a church to go to. And we had heard that there was a church called Lighthouse Chapel. And after going to our old mother churches and realizing that it wasn't going to work for us because we were now believers, we now went to the Lighthouse Chapel. And that day, as we walked into the church, Bishop was preaching. We knew him from school. And he said, we're going to send people to Tamale. And I looked at my husband, and he looked at me. And after the service, we went to talk to him. And as we talked to him, we said, well, as we came, we knew we were going to do something in Tamale, but we don't know what, how it's going to work. They said, will you allow me to train you, to bring you up? And you go and start. We said, okay. So for eight months, he trained us. And then he sent us. A new thing had entered our lives. We had never started a church before. Never. And so as we went, it was a new thing in our lives. Today, when I look around me, every blessing in my life is connected to that new thing. 
It was in that city that we met Joy's father. Her father had come to do his national service in the hospital. And he could not wait to go back to Accra. He told me. He didn't, you never heard him say it before. He said, couldn't wait for the year to pass to go back to Accra. But somebody told us that there's a lighthouse man there called Kwekwe Go and look for him. We didn't know anybody in the city, so we went to look for him. And he too decided. He said, as you have come, I will join my life to yours. And we shall continue. Today, he's Bishop, Bishop Kwekwe. Pastor Patrick is Archbishop Patrick. Joy Bruce is Sister Joy. But more important than the titles are the lives that we have affected. Something small that we came to do. I said something what? Small. When we came into the place where even the name Lighthouse, they didn't know. I remember that there'll be meeting, pastors meeting, when we go, they'll say what churches are here. They'll mention all the churches. Mention all the churches. We'll be sitting here. Ah, yes, they say these people are here. A white chapel. White chapel was an, a shop selling boxer shorts. <laughs> but I am happy to tell you that that new thing that entered our lives, it affected our lives and it continues to affect our lives up until today. Up until today, I wonder about you. I wonder about you. Six years ago, in December, we went to see Bishop Dag. Our son had come from Madagascar, and we went to see him. And as we were sitting down and we were chatting, he had been in Madagascar for like two years or something, or one and a half years or something. Yeah, so it was about four years ago. He and his wife had one child, and he had come for some meetings. And I remember Prophet looking at him and saying, Nikki, have you ever heard of a town called Majunga, Majanga, something? They said, Oh, yes, Majanga, I've heard in the north. And he said, I wanted to go and try a new thing. A new thing. I wanted to go and do what? A new thing. You can think about 45 reasons why you cannot go. Yeah. I'm a young man. I don't know what to do. I'm very phlegmatic. It's far. I don't know the language. I don't know anybody. He said, okay, I'll try. I'll try. And he got up and he went. Where his parents? And we watched as they looked for a place to have a church. And they couldn't find one. And I called him and I said, listen, Move all the chairs in your hall out into the bedroom. Can he not do something? He said he can do. The church started. One day when we looked, 50 people were in the church. Then he went out and he got a lady who had a restaurant and they had the place. The woman used to be somewhere where she had met Christians before, so she welcomed them and they stayed there. And one day they told him, Nikki, find land. And he went looking for land. And as he went looking for land, he found a place. Oh, we prayed, my goodness. He found a place. And they said, we are sending you steel to build a steel cathedral. And I wondered to myself, this boy, has he built a cement building before? That today, a steel cathedral. 
they said we'll tell you what to do and we began to watch the foundation the columns the roof building one building two i still remember the day they moved into the place the church was like this it was full new things new things new things you can choose to sit in your comfortable corner or you can choose to do a new thing i don't know if you came for games so you can continue to have your games but i came because first of all i want to talk to some people or pray for some people you are here tonight and you know god is calling you to the mission field i don't know which mission field i don't know which i'm not going to pray but you know that there's something there please just come i'm just going to pray with you you know that he's sending you somewhere something new it's also new for me but you want to attempt great things you want to attempt great things just come just come you just want to attempt great things you are standing here looking at yourself you don't even know how or where or what but you are just saying something something Lord something just come just come just come it's a very sober moment it's a new thing for some people just come you don't know where you don't know how you don't know what you are going to do there. But you just know that, Lord, this is where I have to go. Just start to talk to him. The rest of you in the congregation, just be talking to God about your other things, about yourself. But you who's standing, talk to the Lord tonight. Talk to the Lord tonight. Tell him that, Lord, I'm ready to do a new thing. Some of you are in school. You have to finish it. But you're saying, Lord, I'm in waiting to do a new thing. For some of you, he has already started. And he's continuing. And he's continuing. Talk to the Lord for a few minutes. Talk to him for a few minutes. Oh, yes. Tonight is a new thing that he's doing in some lives. It looks like nothing. We too were nothing. We are still nothing. But after 15 years when we were living, there were 123 churches in the north of Ghana. All of them under the lighthouse chapel. And nothing had become something in his hands. And tonight, as you dedicate yourself to him, he will make something out of your nothing. It's the seed time. And tonight is the seed of missions that's being planted into you. Many of you will go by different means. That one, I cannot predict it. But you just want to talk to him. And when I come to pour oil on you, I'm just joining my faith to yours. Yeah. Just talk to him. Just talk to him for a few minutes. Talk to the Lord. I need some ashes who can see to be standing. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Spirit, very softly, please. Lord, touch your people. Touch your people. You are the one who has placed this desire in their hearts. Touch your people tonight. Touch your people tonight. Father, help them. Grant them the grace to stand until it comes to pass. 
and believed and believed and you finally let go tonight I want you to pick up your believing again and I want you to demonstrate that faith by coming forward you pray down you have left it you pray down you have left it tonight I want you to take it up again I want you to take it up again I want you to take it up again tonight like the Shunammite woman oh yes tonight that thing is coming to pass it's coming to pass. It's coming to pass. Lady Rev, I need water for this one. I need water for this one. Oh, Jesus. Just stand praying. I'm not going to lay my hands over all of you, but just come, just stand in this atmosphere. And as you are standing, the Spirit of God is telling me to just allow water to touch you. And as it touches you, it's bringing refreshing. It's bringing freshness. And that thing, you believed and you stopped. You're going to have it now. Oh, yes. Be talking to him, man. Listen, listen, listen. You think 
it is coming your way. Oh, yes. You gave up on that opportunity to go out, but it is coming back. It's coming back. I see no less than five people, a full scholarship to go out. No less than five. No less than five. Hey, just lift your hands up as you talk to the Lord tonight. Oh, somebody you pray for a baby. That baby is already on the way.
Senior, are you here? Is Senior here tonight? Oh, Jesus. Tonight, some strange things are happening here. Oh, yes. Some strange things are happening here tonight. Yeah. Somebody, you said the marriage is not happening. Has the prophet said, by this time next year, by this time next year, by this time next year, I see a little baby coming to someone. Receive it if it's yours. Receive it now in Jesus' name. Where is he? Oh, Jesus. He's not there. Okay. Jesus. Father, we thank you. I pray you, God. Lord, we've picked up our dreams again. We've picked up our dreams again. When I was walking over there, I heard that the scholarships were five. But as I'm walking this way, I'm hearing ten. 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 Full. Full scholar. When they say full, the flight out is paid, accommodation is paid, teaching is paid, living expenses are paid, they are giving some money to survive. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We glorify your name. Oh, yes, he's looking at you tonight. Oh, yes. Come on, receive a touch tonight as the Spirit of God comes through again. The Spirit of God comes through again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Healing miracles. He said, Lord, heal me. Lord, heal me. Lord, heal me. Lord, heal me. He's answering you tonight. He's answering you tonight. He's answering you tonight. He's answering you tonight. I hear in my ear, asthma is gone. It's gone. It's gone. Thank you. Thank you. Just receive it. Just receive it. She must see the boy. Receive it. It has been coming, but now we shall taste the fullness of it. It has been coming. We shall taste the fullness of it. The fullness of it. Shiva you Lift up your two hands, Rosa. Lift it up. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. And we can stand on your word. These are the days. Of oh, signs and wonders, days of miracles and power, manifest yourself. All things are possible. All things are possible. It's not hard. It's not hard. It's not hard, hard for, for you. you. Oh yes. If we believe in your name, and we can stand on your word, these are the days of signs and wonders. Somebody has believed the Lord for a job for three years. It's coming. 
is coming better than what you thought bigger than what you thought more exciting than what you thought receive it now father we give you praise for all those things have come to pass we are grateful we are grateful you may return to your seat hallelujah when you get home write it down somewhere behind your bible in your diary write it down somewhere because a year from tonight you'll see it thank you jesus hallelujah hallelujah please remain standing you are here tonight because someone invited you or you came yourself but you've not given your life to jesus i want to give that's the greatest miracle ever to give your life to jesus and to be born again and so as every head is bowed every eye is closed tonight i want to invite you as on the first day of this convention i want to invite you to give your life to jesus you are here you want to give your life to jesus just lift up your right hand for me just lift it and if your hand is up just come to me and let us pray together come let us pray i want to lead you to christ just come step out of where you are and just come just come to me god bless you god bless you i believe there are others just step out and come oh yes the greatest miracle of all is to give your life to jesus where you become a new spirit worship jesus just come wherever you are you are here maybe you have even been in church a long time you're just not so sure about something just come oh you're saying i need to rededicate my life to jesus just come don't think about the friend who is by you don't think about what others think just come saying today is my day i'm gonna give my life to christ thank you thank you jesus if you're standing in front here i want you to pray this prayer with me you want to say lord jesus i come to you today as a sinner please wash me in your blood cleanse me from my sins Please write my name in the book of life. Lord Jesus, from today, you are my Savior and you are my Lord. I thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. And all the saints shall say, Amen and Amen. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Fountain of Life Cathedral, and on Instagram and Twitter at F-O-L-C-I-E-B-S-E. God richly bless you.